Over the past couple of weeks, I've been doing some uh, landscape work around the house because there has been a lot of rain recently. Um, not water rain, but leaves. Leaves rain? Leaves? 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 I didn't do so good in middle school. Um, a lot of leaves have been falling. Is that, is that true where you live? It is in. Sane. And so I've been working on that really hard the past couple of weeks. And uh, by working on that, I've been having my boys go out and clean up all the leaves. So um, I'm in more of a supervisor kind of capacity right now. And we've been working on that. It's kind of crazy. I've been doing some trimming and branches and all that good stuff. And it's, it's, been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Have uh, a banana tree. You might have a banana tree. I think they're called banana trees. Somebody said they're called banana tree. There are no bananas on it. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah, somebody said, oh, that's a banana tree in your yard. And I thought, I got all excited. I'm like, that's awesome. I love bananas. And well, that was a big disappointment. So, uh, you know, some of them dying and falling. So I'm trimming those. And so I'm doing a lot of trimming, a lot of leaf collection and all of that good stuff. And you know what all of those things have in common, the dead leaves and the branches and all of that, they, they're all very, very, very dry. They're all very, very brittle. <laughs> they're, they're brown and, uh, and lifeless. And everything that we're trimming and gathering and throwing away is uh, very, very, very dry. There's a huge difference, of course, between a, 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 a branch that's alive and has water and life flowing through it and one that is dead and that is dry and is broken. Often, like when we're, we're looking at, landscaping, uh, dryness is an indication of death. And that's not just true, of course, in landscaping. That's also true with our, with our bodies. You know, like we sometimes have dry skin or, you know, we have a sunburn and then there's skin that is dead or dying. And, and we see the evidence of that. Sometimes we, we have um, dry ends in our hair. I know that's a huge problem for me on Sundays. I have to really work that out before we, I come to church. And so we have like moisturizing shampoos and conditioners and all of this. There's, there, 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 we have dry lips or Whatever. And, and so dryness often is an indication that there's death. There's something that has died or is dying. And, and that dryness is, is indicating something to us. You know, there's, there's also a sense in which we speak of this kind of dryness where it's not physical at all. It's not, you know, a branch or a leaf. It's not uh, something with our skin or our bodies. It's, it's actually something with our lives. Yet you ever been through like a season of life that you would categorize as maybe like a, a dry season, a dry spell? <laughs> we speak of life that way sometimes because there, there are seasons of life where we face various difficulties and challenges, grief. And, and we speak of those seasons as maybe dry. Maybe, maybe, maybe you walked into the room today. Maybe you're connecting with us online today and and you would say, yeah, I mean, I've, I feel that way right now. I just feel dry. I feel weary. I feel like I don't have a lot of gas left in the tank. I'm discouraged. I'm disheartened. There, there are seasons of life that we go through that we often categorize as a dry kind of season. So it's not just a physical thing. It's an emotional thing. And ultimately, it's a spiritual thing. Maybe it's just the past year. You know, maybe you're just fatigued with the past year. Maybe in your 
profession, your career, your life, your family, maybe something with your health. Maybe, maybe it's beyond the physical. Maybe there's a dryness, there, there's a fatigue, there's a, a brokenness or kind of a bitterness that you're feeling and that you've been struggling with. Maybe it's something recently in your past or long in your past related to a, a failed marriage, or maybe it's a struggle with a child, or maybe it's a financial burden that you carry. Maybe it's a career change or an addiction issue or something related to anxiety or depression, but, but, but you've been through a season or maybe you're going through a season. You say, man, I feel dry. I feel weary. I feel, I feel kind of that bitterness, you know, that fragility. And, and maybe that's where you are right now. Because there is a dryness that extends far beyond the physical. The deepest type of dryness that we wrestle with in life is actually emotional and spiritual. And there's an example from human history that I think actually encourages us in those seasons of dryness that all of us go through. It, it's, it goes back to like Israel's history, back when, when, when they were brought into captivity under the Babylonian empire. You see, the, the, the nation of Israel had a proud history and they saw God work through them in incredible ways. I mean, there's no other nation in the history of the world that has experienced as many miracles as the nation of Israel. I mean, we're talking about one after the other. God showed his faithfulness to his people, but yet they were like continuously rebellious. <laughs> they were continuously forgetful. Like they would go through these seasons of blessing and actually they would turn away from God, strangely enough. They, they took God's blessings for granted. But before we get too critical of Israel, don't we do the same thing? <laughs> I mean, it's easy to look back on Israel and be like, what were you thinking? But you know what? I often find myself looking in the mirror saying, what were you thinking? <laughs> because it's easy to take God's blessings for granted. It's easy to forget his faithfulness to us. And that's where Israel found themselves. And as a result, God allowed them to go into a, a period of captivity where literally the Babylonians come in and through several invasions, they conquered all of Israel. And in 586 BC, the Babylonians completely leveled Jerusalem. They leveled the temple, yes, Solomon's temple, that glorious, magnificent structure, gone. They separated families. Men and women and children are separated, husbands and wives separated, scattered throughout the Babylonian empire. They killed many, they, they, they tortured many. I mean, literally Israel went from being this proud established nation to boom, through a period of several years, gone. That's the ultimate quarantine. Many of them scattered away from their homes, their communities, houses leveled, temple leveled, under Babylonian rule, largely treated as slaves. It, it was a, a horrible situation for Israel and safe to say there was a dryness to them, a weariness to them, a struggle among them. The nation of Israel was lost, but yet, we see that even in the midst of their struggle, even in the midst of their dryness, even in the midst of their unfaithfulness, God was faithful to them. And here's what 
we celebrate today. The fact that we have a God who is faithful to us even when we are not faithful to him. And God's faithful to his people, Israel. And so here's what's so cool. He actually sends one of his prophets to the nation and he, he's getting a message to these scattered people all across the Babylonian empire that God's not gonna leave them scattered. He's not gonna leave them broken. He's not gonna leave them dried out. No, he's gonna do a work where he's gonna rejuvenate. He, he, he is going to ultimately resurrect these dry, dead, broken people. And so he, he, he gives a vision to Ezekiel to communicate to the nation. Here, here it is. Ezekiel says, the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley and it's filled with bones, one right after the other. And he led me all around the bones and, and, and these bones covered the valley floor and they were scattered everywhere across the ground. And this is very emphatic in the original language. And they were very, very dry or dried out. Man, this is a hopeless situation. This is a bleak situation. In essence, what God is picturing here is that the nation of Israel is like this valley of bones. They're scattered because they were scattered. They're, they're broken because they were broken and they were dry. They were weary. They were out of gas. They were operating with no hope. And before God moves to do something about it, he gives Ezekiel a picture of how bad it really was. And you know what? Before you can ever fix something, you have to diagnose how bad it really is. And God's giving Ezekiel a picture of how bad it is for Israel. Because here's what happened to Israel. Their dryness was caused by disobedience. Now that's not always the case. Sometimes we go through dry seasons of life through no fault of our own. This past year is an example of that. It's, it's just the result of the brokenness of our world. But you know, there are other times we go through seasons of dryness because it is our fault. It is our own doing. It's, it's through our disobedience. And here, let me tell you how disobedience works in our relationship with God. Disobedience creates distance and the distance creates dryness. And if there's a dryness in your life today, it's possible that that dryness exists because of the distance that your disobedience has put between you and God. And we've all been there. That was the case for Israel. Their distance was caused by disobedience. They were leaning into their religion and their religious practices, but they were not leaning into a relationship with God, which is what he wanted most of all. That's, that's true for us. God is interested in a relationship with every single one of us. And so Israel was looking to other sources than God to meet their deepest longings, to satisfy the deepest longings of their hearts. They were looking to other false gods. They were looking to, to other human endeavors. They were looking to all of these temporal fulfillments that don't actually fulfill and satisfy. And so they were dry. They were broken, they were weary. And even in exile, scattered all over the Babylonian empire, Israel kept going deeper and deeper and deeper into their disobedience, which created distance from God and led to even more dryness. So by the time God gives this vision to Ezekiel, he's like, man, this valley of dry bones are very, very, very dry. You see, there's a cause and an effect relationship dynamic 
to every single relationship we have. It's a relational dynamic that's a cause and effect, right? Let, let, let me give you an example. My wife and I have been married over 20 years. I asked her recently in preparation for this message, I said, sweetheart, can, can you think of a time early in our marriage where I said or did something that created some distance between us? And she said, how much time do you have? <laughs> All right, well. And she mentioned a few things and I'm like, oh, I can't mention that in front of Oh, uh, no. And, and so true story. The very first words out of her mouth. Oh, do you mean like the time you threw away all of my baby pictures? No, I know that now. <laughs> it would have been helpful to have some of you with me about 15 years ago to say, don't do that. I was, uh, I was working in the garage one day, we were about to move and I was going through all these boxes, all this storage. And I was just, you know, getting rid of stuff we didn't need and going through, going through, going through. And um, I didn't throw away any boxes with any baby pictures. Oh, also I should mention this, our wedding album. Again, I know it now. We move, we start going through boxes. She says, where are my baby pictures? Where's that, where, where, where's our wedding album? I'm like, oh, it's in one of these boxes. No. They're gone. She hasn't forgotten. And may I just say to you, looking back on that week, I recall some distance between us. <laughs> Any of you ever been there? There is a cause and an effect to our human relational dynamics, a cause and effect. And if you do something dumb, if you do something hurtful, if you say something hurtful, it's going to put distance between you and the other person. If you do something that's gracious, that's loving, that's encouraging, it brings proximity. There's a cause and effect to these human relationships that we have. And listen, it's no different with God. There's a cause and effect dynamic there. And when we don't acknowledge his goodness, when we do not reciprocate his faithfulness and we do not honor him with our obedience. It puts a distance between us and him. And what does that distance do? It leads to a dryness because we become detached from the one who can ultimately give us life and life to the fullest. That's where Israel was. What does God say to Ezekiel? Just look around. Israel now is like this valley of scattered bones that are what? Very, very, very dry. Why are they dry? Because their disobedience created a distance that's led to a dryness. But God's not gonna leave them there because God's faithful. And so here's what happens. He says this to Ezekiel. So he says, son of man, can these bones become a living people again? And Ezekiel, who does this for a living, all right, who's a servant of God for a living, has a lot of doubts. That's how bad it was. And here's what he says. Oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know the answer to that. Which is code for, I don't think so. <laughs> it's uh. It's kind of like how I answered questions when I was in middle school, right? Oh, great teacher, only you alone know the answer to that. It's either that or C, it's always C. All right. 
I just want you to see Ezekiel's doubt. That's how bad it was. He's looking over this valley of bones that are scattered and dry and brittle and broken. And God's like, you think they can live again? And Ezekiel's like, well, I can't say no. Only you alone know the answer to that. And so check this out. So God says, all right, I'll tell you, I got the answer. Here's what I want you to do. Speak a prophetic word or message to these bones. And I want you to say, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm gonna put breath into you and make you live again. And I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will breathe into you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I am the Lord. And so I spoke this message, Ezekiel said, just as he told me. And suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley and the bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. And then as I watched, he says, muscles and flesh formed over the bones and then skin over that to cover their bodies. But they still had no breath. And so God said to Ezekiel, (laughs) you gonna speak? And then I'm going to breathe. I, I, I love that God said to Ezekiel, you got these valley of dry bones. Can, can they live? I don't know if they can live. Oh, let me tell you, they can live. Here's how they're going to live. You give my word to them. You don't take them to the doctor. You, 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 you don't take them to some spiritual medium. You, you don't take these bones to some false God that's no God. You don't, you, don't take, you don't take these bones to church, some religious exercise. No, 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 let me tell you what you do. You give my word to these bones because only the word of God can satisfy the deepest longings of our hearts. He said, give him my word. And Ezekiel, however reluctantly, says, okay, God, I'll do it. And he begins to speak the word of God to these bones that begin to rattle. You know what we call that? That's a resurrection kind of rattle. They come together. And, and uh, the great theologian Jerry Lee Lewis said it best. There was a whole lot of shaking going on. <laughs> and, and one by one, these bones start coming together. And then they're covered with muscle and and flesh and skin. And you've all of a sudden you got like this army of people there, but they still don't have life. You know, you can hear the word of the Lord. You can assemble a skeleton and muscle and veins and skin but without the spirit of God, there is no life. You want evidence of that? Go back to the creation account. God created man, God created woman. When God first created Adam, was he alive? No, he wasn't alive until God breathed the spirit of life in him. And so look at what happens next year. I love this. Uh, Ezekiel, here, here, let me take you back there to the end of Ezekiel 37. He says, he says, so then Ezekiel, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man, and speak a message that says, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds and breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. And so I spoke the message as he commanded me and, I, and breath came into their bodies and they all came to life and they stood up on their feet and it was a great army and God took a broken, desperate, 
people separated, scattered, and dry. And he put them together and he breathed new life in them. And he says, I'm going to accomplish a great thing through them. That's the power of our God. Because Israel's greatest need, listen to me, was not for a territory of their own. Israel's greatest need was not freedom from the oppression of the Babylonians. Their greatest need was the need for God. And only the word of God, accompanied by the spirit of God, can breathe new life into us. I'm talking about the kind of life that's a solution to the dryness of the heart. And hear me on this. Some of you walked into the room today. Some of you connecting with us online today. And, and you got up this morning thinking your greatest need was financial. Your greatest need, relational. Your greatest need, circumstantial. Your greatest need for a little bit of break, a little bit of vacation. Some of you think perhaps that your greatest need is either physical, relational, emotional, circumstantial. And listen to me. I hope today you'll see that no, your greatest need is spiritual. Because you can take a vacation, but when you come back from vacation, you're gonna face the same crazy world. You can overcome a physical ailment that all of us deal with at times, it's called aging. I haven't figured out how to solve that. Any of you figure out how to solve that? I ain't figured out how to solve it. My oldest daughter's at college and um, when, when, when she flew home after her first semester, we were so excited to go get her. And we met her at the airport and we come out into the parking lot. And the first thing my precious daughter said to me is, oh my goodness, dad, look at those gray hairs. <laughs> I said, oh, looks like it's time to go back to school. <laughs> All right, we'll see you later. Have I aged that much in three months? Apparently I have. You know what I need? Some moisturizer. <laughs> Listen, at, at some point, our bodies are going to fail completely, entirely. I'm telling you, the deepest need we have is not physical. It's not relational. It's not emotional. It's spiritual. We're all facing the same end, no matter how we get there. But the hope that we have on this day is that God has prov provided a way for us to have eternal life for us to live now with the hope and the promise of an eternal future. For us to live now in the chaos of this day, of this week, of this season, with the dryness that it presents to us, with the assurance that, that no, God loves me. God has secured a future for me. So that no matter what I face, this world cannot rob me of that which is most precious. And that gives life. And that gives hope. And, and that, that gives uh, just incredible security to, to these seasons of dryness. And without that, there is no hope. L listen, God, 
through the person of Jesus has accomplished for you and for me all that's required for us to live, not with dryness, but with hope and victory. You see, Jesus came, Jesus lived a sinless, perfect life for us. And he died on a Roman cross. He was one of many who died, thousands who died at the hands of the Romans on the, uh, on, on the cross. But the one unique aspect of Jesus's death is that it was substitutionary. He died as an innocent man. He died as the son of God. He died that day, listen to me, not because of his disobedience, but because of ours. And in those hours on the cross, there was a distance between him and the father so that you and I don't have to live in eternity with that distance. And when Jesus died, he died not because of the cruelties of the Roman centurions or the brutality of that cross. He died because of the burden and the weight of our sin, our disobedience, our dryness. So that on the first Easter Sunday morning, when Jesus walked out of that tomb, he secured miraculously for us, verified in human history by hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that, that he has secured victory for us for our eternity so that we don't have to have this dryness. We don't have to have this distance between us and God. We can have the assurance of eternal life. We can have a, a, a living water flowing through our veins so that no matter what we face, we have the assurance of God's presence and his spirit with us. Listen, that's why Jesus says, I come to give living water so that he who drinks of that will never thirst again. There's a security for our dryness. There is an answer for our dryness. It is the ministry of Jesus and the giving of his spirit. And today, if you're weary, today, if you're dry, today, if you're hurting, today, if you're brittle, today, if you're broken, I have good news for you. If you'll simply look to Jesus, if you'll ask him to come into your life, if you'll ask him to forgive you of all that you've done, running in the opposite direction from him, then hear me. In exchange for your sin and your brokenness, he will give you his righteousness. He will forgive you because he's able to do that. He took that penalty that you deserve. He conquered it. And in exchange for your sin, you'll get his righteousness. You'll have the freedom of forgiveness, the hope of salvation. And instead of eternal judgment, you will have eternal life. And I promise you, this life will transform you now. It will inject into your life a power and a sustaining strength that will see you through every season. Let me show you what Proverbs 20, 25 says. Good news from far away is like what? Cold water to the thirsty. God is the answer to our dryness. And you know what? He's given us good news through Jesus. And that's what we celebrate today. And so listen, if you're here, if you're watching us online, you've never asked Jesus into your life. You've never welcomed God into your life. You've never received his salvation. I, I wanna encourage you to do that today. In fact, you can do that right now. If you would, I'm gonna ask you, all of you here, even those of you at home, if you would just bow your heads with me and 
Listen, if you're here and right now God's speaking to your heart, you've got that tugging in your heart, like, yes, that's what I need more than anything else. I want to lead you through a prayer that someone led me through many years ago. There's nothing magical about it. You're not praying it to me or to the person around you. You're praying it to God. And if God's brought you to a place where today you need to call out to him for your salvation and you need to initiate this relationship based on, on, on his initiative and his faithfulness, then listen, I want to invite you right now to pray with me. Pray to God. Dear God, I recognize that my disobedience has created a distance between me and you. And I admit there are times in my life where I deal with a, a spiritual dryness. But I believe that Jesus lived and died and rose from the dead so that my sin can be forgiven and I can have eternal life. And so God, I ask you through Jesus to come into my life, to save me from my sin, to give me the hope of eternal life. I believe in you. I believe in what Jesus has done for me and I receive his salvation today. I thank you for dying for me. And I now ask for your help as I live for you. And I commit to live for you and to live for King Jesus all the days of my life. For I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you pray to ask Jesus into your life today, I wanna to encourage you to reach out to us. You can simply text Bell Shoals to 77411. And um, a member of our team will get back with you confidentially and immediately and, and just set up a time to chat and to help facilitate next steps for you. Or catch me after service. I'll be out in the welcome hall along with some of our incredible team members at our round tables. We'd love to connect with you there. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to meet your family. And again, facilitate what God is doing because this is a day we celebrate all that God has done and is doing. We celebrate today a God who brings a resurrection rattle to those who are dry and thirsty. This is a day we celebrate victory and life, not for this world, but for all eternity. We celebrate the hope of Jesus, the hope of the nations. Today, we celebrate the fact that our God has conquered death, hell, and the grave. And so we proclaim that victory in Jesus together.